Okay, podcast intros. What the, what the fuck are podcast intros? I I don't really want to do podcast intro, but I feel like gotta do a podcast intro. Um, what? Who is this podcast for? Hmm. I don't, I don't know if podcasts are ever for anybody, but I rather just ways that, you know, things that people to do in times of crises or like make themselves feel better about their crises, like kind of, you know, grab the bull by the, the horns. Um, and I don't think this is, you know, any different. It doesn't necessarily mean that it couldn't be interesting for somebody um, walking down past through that field be- between the Drexel Athletic Campus and those like those projects on 41st and between Haverford and Palatine where 41st ends for a block um, for that big old field S- seven hmm, seven 30 maybe um, John Deere 7 it's 8 o'clock 8 a.m. on Thursday May 18th in Philadelphia um, recorded a yeah so wait what was I saying uh, who's the podcast for yeah I mean fucking shit I don't you know like look it's this is a, this is a premise I don't even want to say out of premise. It's like basically, you know, people, people, you know, like people, you know, people, people give you books and you're always like, you got your books that you read and you got a list of books that you read and you're like, I'll get to those books eventually. And someone gives you a book like on your birthday or some shit and you're like, you're like, oh, you know, like when the fuck, you know, okay, maybe it's like someone, maybe it's just me, but I feel like a lot of time you're just like, fuck, like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll totally read that, uh, that book on, you know, fucking, uh, you know, the ecology and whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, a lot of times you're just not going to read a book until way later. But, like, what if someone gave you a book? Or what if people share books more frequently and just, like, just you just took it upon yourself to read them? And then, tell, you know, like, fucking, if someone really fucks with the book... And it really helped them, and you just like, all right, then that's more important than all the books that you read. You're trying to read, and like, damn, it's fucking intersection. It's gonna get on one, but I don't want to stop talking because I feel like I'm kind of on a roll. I'm just gonna walk up, up market a little bit further by this power plant. But fucking, okay, you know what I'm saying? What if you just read them quickly and then just talk to them about it, like, stat, and like, I don't know, they'd be kind of fucking lit. Well, that's. Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to fucking do. Like, I'm trying to just, like, I, I have a bunch of, I don't know, maybe people just always give me books, and I, like, they're like, oh, read this book. And so, basically, this podcast, I want to try to put it, put an episode out every week, like, you know, through the summer. I'm not trying to get crazy. I'm not going to fucking actually be a podcaster and actually do a shitload of podcasts. You know, it's like, fucking train, whatever. We're out here in the city. It's noisy and shit, but, like, that's what, that's what it is. This episode. Yeah, so basically, yeah, I'm trying to read people, books people give me, like, you know, quickly and, and concertedly and then talk to them about it and record those conversations. That's what it is. And it's not a fucking discussion of trying to be like, oh, like, 
let's talk about this book and fucking be a little smarty pants. It's like just like trying to tap into like why that, like you know what I mean? Like just why that book meant shit to that person. And then why, you know, like bring it back to the tangible, like how it actually applies to shit that's actually going on in your life and not fucking getting too, you know what I'm saying? Like, like but I feel like that's how books could be, whatever. I don't want to get that. It's not for a major, I don't know, a bigger reason that I'm doing. I just want to fucking do it now because, you know, that's what I'm fucking doing. So this week, yeah, this, this one is like, yeah, this week I'm acting like it's a fucking podcast already. I like uh, haven't done anything. Yeah, but it, Paul's, you know, good homie of mine for days. Uh, I feel like the only people who would be listening is, would know who Paul is and who I, I am. So I'm not even trying to, like, assume a tone of, like, like I don't know, whatever. But uh, And uh, he gave me his book for my birthday um, by Italo Calvino, Italian uh, not novelist. Right? These short little, little, little... Just lit little paperbacks with little lost section breaks and just very uh, simple unadorned writing that just, but it's just super deep uh, uh, also. Um, so yeah, so I powered through it last week um, and I fucked with it heavily. And uh, yesterday, we talked, yesterday afternoon we talked about it. It's a hot day outside, backyard, kind of windy, kind of noisy. Did my best with the fucking garage band compression, but like, you know, it sounds sus. This probably sounds sus too, but you know, Anyway, let's, let's get it. Well, when did you first read this? Um, I was 18. And, okay. Yeah, I just graduated from high, from high school. Yeah. Um, going to college, I was taking a year off. Yeah. Um, and I was having a really hard time finding work. Because um, this was 2008. Yeah. Um, it was like... 2008. So... And this was 2008 in Boston. So Did you people, take a year out before going to college? Oh. Yeah, I ended up working my old school. I was, like, oh. doing some teaching and, like, okay, like, assistant teaching. I did I did fully teach part of a creative writing seminar, which is really fun. What? Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, no wonder you're so much more adult. I don't know. <laughs> I am not adult. No, I don't know. That so, just that just makes sense that you would be like you you would not dive right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You would take a year out of school, mm-hmm. and then you re- and then that was the first Calvino you read. Say what? That was the first Calvino you read. Um yeah yeah that was the first that was my first Calvino. I mean I was like you know I was like I was fucking bullshit um like really I loved it so much um like uh, like uh, high school so like that meant getting slammed into things like Borges pretty early on as well so like, yeah. I was like familiar with the John with like a lot of that and like. You have delved into aspects about magical realism, or yeah. like this kind of sort of poem, this sort of exploratory, yeah. like like these very orderly pomo universes, like these pomo universes that are sort of defined by like their, their structure. Postmodern, insofar as the tarot cards they're reading and mm. reading in different ways is simultaneously the way we read different stories. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I would say po- I was thinking more. Yes, absolutely, but. Uh, I'm gonna go to the mic. It's already on. Yeah, um, I tricked you. It's already on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you asshole! You know I'm a sneak recorder. <laughs> sneak recorder. Oh man, we had a whole ethical argument about this once. I remember. Um, I have no ethics to forget. Okay, that I. I, I <laughs> um, That's the end of the argument. But, but anyway, um, yeah, I think um, I think it was more Pomo in the sense of like the way it treats um fantastic elements. Yeah. Like as. 
I didn't like, this isn't, you know, obviously this isn't unique to postmodernism, but I think there's a way in which they really got for, formalized to like this, as like this way of, of like exploring the universe or exploring, yeah. exploring human character or like schematized, you like schematize, yeah. like you take these old sort of, um, mythical schemas which are sort of largely unconscious, sort of largely unconscious yeah. in terms of your structure, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you almost bring them half into the conscious realm and like use them as like kind of system, system as like a science form systemization. Okay, okay. I mean, I see that, like, um, but I, I didn't think, yeah, I would, I didn't think when I, when I read this and the previous Calvino, I didn't think of it so much as homo insofar as like, when I think of, well, I see what you mean, like at the end, when you go to the tarot section about, he makes it, exp I mean, my, okay, first of all, to just talk about what the book is about, like, yeah. I read it as first, like, a travel tale because he's in the woods and he goes into the tavern but then as soon as you start switching the stories and we start using the same cards and rearranging them so that everyone's just looking at the tarot cards and then arranging them in a way that tells their own story yeah right but then they're using the same cards but just putting them in different order yeah. right so then it's like yeah it's like every like language is just like a, a series of symbols yeah right and then like you arrange them in different ways but they, they you use the same ones for different stories and then at the, at the very end when it becomes the writer when he goes well, well i'm telling this story and he makes it explicitly about rag that was like the pomo jump mm. right the postmodern like or whatever just like the meta jump you mm. know what i mean but with calvino unlike other like quintessentially like postmodern writers you don't get the sense that he's like kind of jerking you're constantly trying to make you aware of the meta-ness of it i mean i guess he is because it's the cards but but the way he writes is so loving are. yeah yes. it's so like it's so it's so like just leading you along the story and if anything it's more like appealing to these old symbolic archetypes yeah and then you know what i mean and that's something that hit me hard because i've been sort of resistant to like the fact like i feel like all my projects have been like railing against the fact that we come from archetypes and trying to break out our archetypes mm -hmm. so i feel like of late i've been i've been sort of forced to accept that like yeah these things have been happening for thousands of years yeah. and can't escape it, man. Like you're, you know what I mean. And but sort of like we come from forms. Absolutely. I mean, I think as well. Right. I think you sort of, you sort of butt up into the hard limitation of story, right? In that as well. Because right. I mean, archetypes to me seem to be at least in part like an emergent property of like a tendency to create stories. Right. Right. Um, so you got like human experience, which right, while discrete, is also like kind of infinite. Yeah. Right, and like we, which we don't have access to, yeah. except in our own sort of limited, like yeah. you and the universe through a keyhole kind of way. Yeah. But we also, but what we have is like we have like, and we have like all, and then we have like a visual, we have like visual methods and like whatever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I mean, each of these things, right? There's ways in which, like, try as we might, there's like these ways of telling these stories, these patterns that just pop up no matter what you try to do, and. And that strike us as well. That are like that pop up not only because they seem perhaps a new one particular Jungian point are sort of hardwired into us, right. but like are also there because they work, because they're meaningful, because yeah. they're ways, of, yeah. because like they're ways of formalizing our experience that right. communicate it to someone else. Almost like right. how in music, like there are for, like formalized systems of music, like scales, yeah. and uh, like scales and progressions are like. Or are, are like continually used because they have because they create certain effects because yeah. like there's like this way in which you can limit yourself and then by by the act of limitation communicate yeah but isn't there isn't there isn't the danger like 
when we get into these archetypal stories of like say like you know hero's quest or whatever then like if we're too if we're thinking about those we kind of like use that to map onto our how we look at our narrative and then we're sort of like we're blinking yeah when mm-hmm. we're sort of like turning away from presence and just like seeing things that have just happened like you know what I mean in moments that don't I mean that's I don't even know if I believe that anymore but that's that's what I've been thinking about a long time for a long time that's what I've been kind of like living my I mean there's a massive thing. risk to narrativization right but that's another narrativization to try to like <laughs> rebel against that totally. and constantly be trying to you know what I mean that's really where I'm at now it's like dude you're not you can't outwit the patterns of yeah you can't you know like I mean? you can't like one up like archetypes <laughs> yeah i that mean it reminds me of like sort of i mean sort of flip that old you know that great kafka story that's like um where like a mouse is running through this like maze, through okay. this maze okay. and he's like being chased by a cat and like yeah. there's i'm gonna butcher this but um and it gets narrower and narrower and narrower and narrower yeah and then like and then he finally gets to the end and like this you know, everything else to a point. He's like, yeah. There's no possible way I could escape this. It's like, yeah. how could I have avoided this? And Cat yeah. like, says, oh, you're just in a room. You just ran yeah. towards a corner. All you had to do is turn right. around and you would have been free. And right. then he eats the mouse. Um, right, 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 right. But I think so there's like a determinism to it, but you're still the in way, the fucking room. The way, way. Exactly. And the way you come out, like, okay, so the, I read the first half of the book sort of like, the thing with Calvino, whenever I read, well, I'm only basing this off Invisible Cities, but there's like a simplicity to the writing and you can read it. The, the syntax is so ordered, mm-hmm. you know, like there's like where the commas, it's like very like great semicolon use, <laughs> usage, <laughs> very, great comma usage. And you can kind of like gloss your eyes over them and, and take in all the things. Mm-hmm. But there's always like a larger symbolic, it's always open to, uh, to like a symbolic because yeah. it's just like, it's not like highly specific. It's not like this person in time like went and did this like hey, like say like an Oscar or something who else who is also on yeah. I'm reading simultaneously yeah. mind, but, but um, it's so open it's it's everything's open it's like a traveler is in the woods and he comes upon a tavern and this, you know and these kind of so you can always sort of step back and go like see um, have a like a larger symbolic interpretation of it you know what I mean so it, it really lends itself to slowing the fuck down when I read it you know what I mean so the first half I kind of like powered through and then what hit me hard, like what hit me, what, when the whole book started like opening up like mm-hmm. in a crazy way was when I hit the waiver's tail and I texted yeah. you at like five in the morning after like reading it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because, but that comes to that idea of like determinism because it's like the waiver's tail, if I'm going to try to like synopsize it in my version of the story, my version of the tarot cards, mm-hmm. um, it's like this, there's like a guy, okay, it's like kind of, kind of sus if I say that this applies to me, but no, like there's a guy and there's like first card is like two different two different women and then he's like choosing uh which path he wants to go on but he can't choose like it's just like it's literally like the pitfalls of like the indecisive man or human but but in this case we're sticking to you know age-old archetype so it's gendered um and then he wants both cups and then he wants but he he wants he wants all the cups Mm. and then they're like okay you'll have all the cups to drink from you have the whole ocean Mm. And then when he, here you go, here's the whole ocean. And then it's just like this apocalyptic regression back to the pre-evolutionary state when it was all the sea. And you got all the invert of the fucking 
what's it what's it called the the animals the, 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 the crustaceans the crustaceans yeah. the crustaceans come to the surface mm. and the wolves are ha you know what i mean oh so and that's the moon the moon card the moon the, card the, yeah where, moon where card. like the, the crustacean rises out and there's like the it's, two wolves it's the interpretation the of the moon card which depicts like the moon and the, the ocean rising and then the crustaceans coming up and the wolves howling as an apocalypse post-apocalyptic scene or evolutionary regressive scene where we're back to the beginning it's like but it's it's kind of like it's I feel just, so cool as well yeah. because like in in like interpretation of the tale of the moon is associated with the unconscious, right? Okay, yeah, and yeah, regression yeah. to the unconscious, yeah. like that primeval, there's a, there's like a, the primeval state of mind. There's a there's a there's a there's a yeah exactly. It's the it's the it's the absence of there's a moon there's a there's an early moon quote mm. that was super um, that was super hit me hard. It was um, fucking doggy that such a beautiful. Oh yeah, look. Okay, so it's like. Up to the, okay, um, this is from the tale of Astolfo, and it's like, um, you must ascend to the, I'm taking this completely out of context of yeah. the, just, just this line, like, you must ascend to the heaven, Astolfo, um, up to the pale fields of the moon, where an endless storeroom preserves in files, which is just an old way of saying vials, mm -hmm. placed in rows, cups though, mm -hmm. you know, vessels, um, the stories that men do not live, mm -hmm. the thoughts that knock once at the threshold of awareness and vanish forever, the particles of the possible discarded game, discarded, in the game of combinations, the solutions that could be reached but never are reached. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that nebulous realm of like fucking. But but basically, this guy who can, the, the waver who just wavers and can't choose, and he wants he wants to live in that nebulous realm without he wants deciding. To like hug. I mean, sort of an inquisitive. Yeah, impulse, yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. But 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 then you you gotta choose. You gotta make choices. You gotta fucking act. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's not like we're just in this deterministic maze and we're pushed along this archetype. Like, I don't know. At least in that story, like that would just that just hit me so hard. I don't know why. Well, because I'm fucking indecisive in my life. That's why. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? But like. Oh yeah, if the only thing he wished, this is a waiver, was to escape from individual limitation, from categories, roles, to escape from all those things, to hear the thunder that rumbles in molecules, the mingling of prime and ultimate substances, this then is the path that opens to him through the arcanum, the, the secret, um, known as the world. Um, Venus dances in the sky, crowned with vegetation, surrounded by incarnations of multiform Zeus. Every species and individual of the whole history of human race are only a random link. Okay, uh, in the chain in a chain of evolutions and mutations but it's kind of like you go back to the you go back to the um yeah the answer this is the answer uh, to the choice i'm gonna i'm gonna stop ranting soon no, 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 this is the answer to the choice of the man who does not choose now he does indeed have the sea he plunges into it headlong swaying among the corals of the depths hanged by his feet in the sargassos, I don't know what that word means, that hover half-submerged oh, so, yeah, beneath so, yeah, the so ocean's like opaque surface. Um, yeah. yeah, he's hung upside down by his feet yeah. in the sea. And then it's also like, and then it becomes, the apocalypse scene was like, it becomes, um, he has like a hermaphroditic body and like talons, mm. and it uh, becomes animal again. You, were, you, like, you have to, you have, like, all these archetypes are like, almost like evolutionary things, like, based in the Bible and all these like old texts mm -hmm. and Parsifal, it talks about Parsifal, which is mm -hmm. like the medieval story about the, the, the knight who's just completely innocent mm -hmm. and goes to the world complete innocence but, and sees everything but can't like, doesn't know how to survive in the world. I don't know, like all these archetypes are like things that help humans evolve into humans. Yeah. And if we don't, I don't know, anyway. No, 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 keep It's going. just not all deterministic and it's that still story fucked me up. <laughs> yeah, it's fuck. It's fucking terrible. It's really fucking hard to take. Um, cause like I'm like, 
I'm like really decisive in some ways, and then like really have a, I mean, for sometimes for me the difficulty in seeing possibility. Yeah. Or like sometimes I become paralyzed because like all possibilities look equally unappealing to me. Yeah. yeah. Or like impossible. Um, but like, I mean, I certainly can empathize, and like, I think there's, yeah, there's this way in which like. The funny thing is, right, like, with these cards, right, you have to, making a choice, right, is, like, to some degree, like, I'm thinking especially of, the, of like, the two women, right? So yeah. you, cho you don't choose, you choose nothing. And yeah. there's always, like, you can't avoid making a choice. And there's right. a solution in which, right. like, for him, of, like, the idea that somehow not making the choice will mean, um, will mean somehow a greater choice will open up. Right. And right. he keeps trying to make that choice. And you know what the funny thing is? For a little while, it actually looks like it's fucking working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he can't fucking stop. He yeah. doesn't know when to quit. Yeah. And, yeah. like, I guess to me there's something really powerful that I think, the card I think of in that sequence is Hangman, which is like this guy um, hung from hung from one foot on like on like a tree. Yeah. And, like, the immediate association for me is um, Odin. Um, and, like, who's an interesting, who in that, which I think that card harkens back to, because that card tends to, Walk a lot with that enlightenment, and you know, like a lot of the, in a lot of the um, decks, like the Rider Waite, which is the most popular, he's actually portrayed with a halo around his head, yeah. signifying enlightenment. Yeah. And in like Norse mythology, Odin's like you know, he's a pretty powerful god, young, young, strong, etc., etc. And but what he does is he actually hangs himself on a tree for nine days, calling oh, it's called a sacrifice of himself to himself, and he dies, Whoa. and he comes back to life yeah. in this yeah. act. Yeah. And as he does this, so the the ravens who become his companions, Shunyan and Moonin, yeah. thought and memory, yeah, okay, um, sit on his shoulders all all while he's like dying on the tree, and whisper the secret, whisper the secrets of the universe in his ears. And so he in this way, and like so, he, that's how he becomes a god of wisdom and magic and all the yeah. other things that are part of his portfolio. And at least in part, he does a lot of other shit. Um, he's pretty hardworking. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's what's interesting to me about that, right? As like compared to this guy, right? Is the other thing that the waiver can't do is a waiver can't stay fucking still. Yeah. The waiver can't even waver in place. And you know what the funny thing is? I'm getting really associated, associational here. Oh, good. Um, as you think about, it, he wants to hear the vibrations of the of the molecules. He wants to perceive this stuff. Right. And like, there's a thing like as a model, that's not a bad one, right? Yeah. Like a like you want to hear the songs songs of Adam. Adams are still but moving at the same time as well, right? Okay. That's what part of their nature. Begin. And. Uh, the go, way in which go, he go. can't fix himself into even a non-choice. Yeah, he's right? trying to avoid all categories, all, all fixed ideas. Exactly, but which, which ironically requires constant movement and constant rejection and constant decision making. Right. But it's all, it's all null. It's a wavering is in fact like an act of, at least in this story to me, it seems an act of conscious nullification. Right. Stillness. Right. Even if it didn't accept something, would still be an act of acceptance. Exactly. It would still be a yesness. Yeah, exactly. And he cannot commit a yesness. It's like the running thing. You know, you're always trying to run. You're always trying to run somewhere. But like, you're, you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. always trying to run somewhere, but you're not trying to. But you can't. Yeah. It's like you're always Gil, running away. Gil like, Scott Heron quote. You know, it's like I'm always running until you really. I realize I'm the only one who's. It's like in anyway. That's that's a reference. I don't need that. That's been. I've heard that. That was like in the Jamie XX Gil Scott Heron album, like the huh. running running quote. It's like I always maybe I'll just like I'll fix that in if I find it. But then I was listening to the old Aphex Twin and Aphex Twin album, and like they use that same quote anyway. But um, um, I think that the reason why that wavering idea and this idea of getting trying to escape all categories is not just relevant to me as like in my eyes like the most indecisive uh, man person. 
<laughs> is because like it has to do with our era and even you're talking about there's postmodern elements to this like the postmodern idea is that everything is open to endless interpretation and everyone right now is trying to escape all categories trying to invent, invent new categories of what they belong to which is like which lit is in a lot of ways way you escape from like your trap right which right i mean hilarious. i just think we're, we're reaching a point where in 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 time where initially like yeah let's not take all these categories as foolproof regard uh, in how they uh apply to identity you know we're not fixed mm -hmm. into some basic binary of, of, of you know gender or whatever mm -hmm. but at the same time like we're also reaching this place where it's like okay but we can't just continually break out of everything like we still have to find ways to fix ourselves and i don't know for me well, I'm, i mean i might push back against that shoot. actually right okay well shoot um yeah i mean i would i would rather ask that like i might i might posit that our like basic thing a basic problem in that in that respect like sort of maybe like i mean being like you know taking you know grand speechifying like the problem of modern man blah, 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 um is that like is like one of our dilemmas um or modern people is like there you go though it's like we're trying to we're trying to come up with language to escape all categories that's yeah. that's really i mean okay True. keep going though <laughs> yeah no i know why well, i really, really gotcha. did trap myself on that one <laughs> i really kind of fucked my own argument no, um, no. i guess like i guess what i would say is is that maybe the problem is like this this rage towards self-definition or right uh, something that's even desirable or interesting like like why the fuck are we trying to define ourselves why the fuck is that such a preoccupation i mean to me it seems like Self-definition. So we could communicate to other people and go out into the world with a self rather than everyone hiding in different neuroses on their phones. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? This is exactly what I'm fucking saying. Um, I okay. guess to me it seems like, like, like self-definition is what you do when you can't act. Right. Self-definition is a prerequisite for action, isn't it? Fuck no. Fuck no. I mean, no, I we're just constantly in mean, a malleable space of making it, yeah, ma making it up as we go along. Like, uh... I like mean, maybe David Byrne says, "Yeah." I, I, I mean, mean, the app also. I, I, I agree with that. I want to think that. I want to think that. But as I reach, yeah, maybe maybe that's right. Maybe that's right. That's actually what plunging into the world is—just plunging in, not knowing who you are, and then discovering it as you're in the world. Well, maybe not discovering it. I mean, maybe maybe you don't have to be redefining conscious of any it. Of this yeah, stuff. you don't need to be um, conscious of it. But I mean, but this is blue skying to but, high degree. What does that mean? I mean, I guess, like, I guess I, 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 I mean, this sounds very, this, it's, it's, this is very Nietzsche, and it's like all very, it's like I'm really, I'm really, I'm really on Nietzsche's stick on this one. What? Um, in what but, way? Um, well, I mean, I'm thinking, while well, you talked about this, I'm thinking about all the use of history in life. Um, okay. Which talks a lot about, like, schematization and no. paralytic. Okay. And, like, paralytic, what does that mean? So, like, say what? What does paralytic mean? Um, like, uh, an agent that acts to paralyze you. Mm -hmm. um, Okay. So like okay, okay. 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 Like, okay. Yeah. So like, um, so for instance, like these idea, these things that we try to map onto things to schematize and fix. Yeah, and like, then like the idea of the perfect history as something that in fact kills your ability to act in any meaningful okay. way, or like, okay. as opposed yeah. to like a mythos of history. I okay. mean, I guess okay, it's okay, getting okay. the definition again. That yeah. like that while false and wrong right. allows you to act and be fully in the world okay. and, and to externalize your wants. Okay. Mythos. What's the distinction there? It's more of like a nebulous archetype that doesn't—you don't fit into clean, neatly. But I think it, it might just, be the difference. You can between, orient yourself in relation to, sort of. I think it might be the difference between story and fact, right? Okay, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah, bringing yeah. this 
also exactly because I don't about archetype yeah. rather than factuality, right? And yeah. like two two separate things. Archetype rather than factuality, exactly. Because when I'm reading when I'm reading these stories, even with the waiver, like where I'm like, oh, this is me, yeah. <laughs> you know, like because even he says the two choices: one is the path of passion, which requires constant movement, mm-hmm. and the other is the path of wisdom, which requires stillness. And it's like you know, it's so, it's, it's such an obvious binary, you know. Yeah. But as you read these stories. Oftentimes, like even I've been rereading, uh, not rereading, been reading for the first time, like uh-huh. portions of the New Testament for like, as like a book, like for like, sort of, probably probably reasons I shouldn't go into because they'll probably make me sound like a little bit online. But whatever, I'm no, reading. Do it. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm well. I've been well. It's interesting to talk about Odin and, and the death and the re, re coming back. And I've just been thinking about like see like I've been thinking about like all the Christian holidays as like all seasonal mm-hmm. um, and they're all part of the, the, the basically like cri- the Christian religion is like the agriculture like so like before the pagan religions the lunar religions mm-hmm. like the, the, the moon moon religions were when we were pre a pre um, agricultural society before we realized how to grow food and eat it and, and we were hunter gatherers right mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so like but then the Christian religion is the sun religion. We need the sun to grow shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then like comes with a whole another set of things of how you want your people to be as as people who are good workers and live in the daytime and can get grow the food so then they'll survive the winter. Anyway, exactly. so I've been thinking about Easter as the death, the finally the death and then oh, the fucking plants are the wheat is coming back. Let's mm-hmm. let's drink Let's drink wine and eat bread. Like, mm-hmm. let's fucking end. But it's also in the time of year after, like, the incubation of the winter. Yeah. It's like the death. And then you you have to go back out into the world because it's sunny again. You can't be nocturnal sitting in your fucking in this backyard all night. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Um, that's, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, so I've been rereading that. But as you read those stories, you you initially, you latch onto one character, mm-hmm. which usually is Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm Jesus. But yeah. then as you go on, you start to kind of go like, wait, I'm also... Judas mm-hmm. and I'm also like with a story it's they're, it's they're not ca- they're cards right yeah they're cards and mm-hmm. it's not this is the difference between fact and archetype is that mm-hmm. what you said with this yeah. you it's not fucking cut and dry where you fall on that or you're fucking Mary Magdalene you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like you yeah. don't even know who you are like but as you read it something's happening in your unconscious well you're each you're, one yeah you're, you're like each you're one. progressing through each one exactly as you exactly and sometimes the progression of a story is in many ways like the character the character you fucking inhabit as you're fucking going along like right. so that's like I mean going back to this like um going back to circling back to this to um blah, 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 um Circling back to um, if, uh, identity. Um, or, no, yeah. the, the fucking book was supposed to be talking about. Of course, of Thank course. You. To, to uh, the castle of cross destiny. Cross destiny. <laughs> I'm um, over here trying to tell you that I'm Jesus through the New Testament. <laughs> no, no, um, no, 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 and you sort of inhabit each card discreetly, right. which is a really a lot what, like what happens when you're reading a lot of novels and a lot right, of right. Like, almost any kind of literature. So you're Indeed. like inhabiting characters Indeed. sequentially, yeah. And you're sort of becoming them, and you're becoming you're becoming them momentarily if, if you identify with uh-huh. them. Yeah. So sort of fragmented, like or an aspect of them. Right? Yeah, and you sort of yeah. Blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so that's 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 the meta on them because it's mm. he's laying out, but yeah, he's laying out how. Like he's almost showing us how we read 
stories and everyone but it's also everyone reads it in different ways yeah. it's always like it's all one story you know mm -hmm. uh, and but they're just arranged differently yeah. and it's also like shows how it reminds me of how when we read us like for example we read a story and we talk about it to each other and yeah. sometimes you know maybe in an English class and you start arguing about what the story is about or something. no this is a no this is what it yeah. What everyone is trying to say is like their story. Everyone's reading everyone's their own story. Yeah, everyone has their yeah. own or, or, uh, order of the cards. Mm -hmm. So that's really what that was another really cool thing for me. Like, it's like he's showing the the range of like how interpretation works and how it is yeah. nebulous. And it's almost like you want to stop and go, what what happened? What is your life? Tell me mm -hmm. your life mm -hmm. through this story. Don't try to just look at the story and, and convince me that this is the story because yes. there's no the story. You know what I'm saying? Although I think there's always that element, I mean, I think this is the thing that's true, but also I think there's always, it's worth, really worth noting that, like, I mean, part of the reason why this is so cool for me is that there's this element of approximation in sort of like the narrator's sort of readership of these cards, right? Because okay. no one can speak. And yeah. so yeah, yeah, we're getting, yeah, yeah. No one can speak, it's yeah. and it's so hard, it's almost, this is, I think, part of his Italian genius is it's so hard to pick up on yeah. when you're doing it because the story feels so complete. Right. But what you're actually seeing, right, is this yeah. guy is laying out a string of cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this other completely different consciousness yeah. is reading the cards them. and the guy's gesture. And yeah. we have no idea what the level of correspondence is. There's exactly. No actual There's actually a point in the very beginning where they stop. Are you, were you not done with your No, 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 no. Fucking There's go for it. There's a point in the very beginning where they stop. And, um, of course, I meant to actually get a big ass one because mm -hmm. I was gonna get you one, but um, the large Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. But I couldn't carry two, so I was it's like, totally I was gonna, cool. yeah. Um, where it goes, when our supper ended so in a muteness, when our supper ended, it's right in the beginning, page five. When our supper ended in a muteness, which the sounds of chewing and the smacking of lips, gulping <laughs> wine, did not make more pleasant, we <laughs> remained seated, looking at, looking one another in the face, with the torment of not being able to exchange the many experiences each of us had to communicate. Mm -hmm. At that point, on the table which had just been cleared, the man who seemed the lord of the castle set a, set a pack of playing cards. You know what right, I'm saying? There you go. Because like everyone's, it's like every, but he doesn't say who's how they're communicating it. No. It's almost like going into everybody, every individual person at the table's psyche, sort of, mm -hmm. right? That's that's interesting. It they is, tried. but you know what? It fucking isn't at the same time, because, right? Yeah. Like, because there's a way in which like. So we're, we're sort of like one step removed here from like Captain Omniscient, the ever-present narrator. Right. Like we're not dealing with like um, a, con a consciousness that can like fully pull into other consciousness. We're right, dealing right. with a discrete individual. Right. And so we really have, we, there is this way in which like the, the voice is so confident. Right. That we're totally drawn to and we're totally able to like figure this out. Like we totally believe it while it's happening. Like any question the veracity of this account go poof yeah. as soon because yeah. he's so good yeah and um yeah which is i mean which is what happens with all stories um <laughs> and it almost doesn't matter yeah it, well that's the other thing it doesn't like the act of communication is still present yeah. right it's almost if there is signal noise if there is a problem there's still communication going on that's primal and important and alive just to just to articulate that so you're talking about so he's going into every story mm. of every person um who's at the table mm. reinterpreting the cards and we're, we're talking about whether in the world of the book, they're communicating these stories to each other or not. Yeah, right? what we're talking about. But really the communication yeah. is, we're also, like I'm reading The Waver's Tale, I'm reading the one, the you know, this one story, mm. and I'm I'm doing the same thing with it. There's for two myself. levels of this, I'm two at the fucking table. Cuts. Exactly, yeah, two levels exactly, of exactly. Yeah. It's like sneaky meta. It's not, 
in your face. Look at me, Meta. It's that's why it's I like deep it so meta. much. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it's fucking. Lit. And it's meta, meta that's set towards an actual fucking project mm -hmm. and an actual purpose, and that's not just reflexive. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not yeah. just about like commenting. I mean, it's commenting on the nature of fiction, right? But it's also right. commenting, commenting profound, like using commenting on the nature of fiction to comment on like that their feeling of being alive and these these ways in which. And the problems with communication, all these ways in which we are speaking through these fucking Right, channels. exactly. We only ever, and like we do, we do end up, like it or not, we try, we are trying constantly, we're sort of to like describe something, inf something that is in its essence, I think, infinite, like via these discrete parcels. Yeah. And like the, I mean, it's yeah. cool, right? Because we can rearrange these discrete parcels and transfer in a number of ways. Yeah. See, but that's that's where it's that's where it's that's what I was trying to say earlier about um, maybe about the postmodern meta meta impulse to deny all categories and escape all categories and mm. why this makes this is also very meta but it's different from a, what you call the reflexive type of postmodern mm. meta because like you said it is grounded you said in discrete parcels which means these age-old archetypes like because part of the initial impulse of the postmodern impulse when you start reading these things mm -hmm. that are just blowing up all the old the old uh patriarchal yeah. uh narratives the bible is a you know the categories you know yeah. what i mean what you want to do initially is go fuck it all man there's nothing yeah you know and that's what i'm saying where he's pointing out the net Obviously, he's not saying there's only one interpretation, only the sword interpretation of the old, you know, the patriarchal. Because the whole book is a series of interpretations. Mm -hmm. But um, it's also totally grounded in these old these generational old stories. stories. Yeah. Like, and that's the move that I'm making where I feel like I've been swimming around in that sea that I wanted so bad by not making any choices and constantly running away from everything. And I've been drowning now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I can't renounce everything and go back to, okay? I'm a, I'm the man now. I'm a, I'm, I'm a man who makes decisions and fixes himself in the world and I'm gonna put on my, see, I'm still not gonna do that. But at the same bugger, time, I got a club. Yeah. but at the same time, you got, the, you have to, you can't renounce your the past. Or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you can't renounce his. Uh, I don't know. It somehow no, no, I, it, it I, rides I, I, a I, fine line that that was super um, illuminating for me, or just like um, felt like it. Yeah, straddled some line between. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. Like in terms of this new this uh, the time we're in now, where on one hand you have you know like politically or whatever. One hand you have the impulse to redefine everything. Come up mm -hmm. with new things and 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 change how we think of identity. Um, um, mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, you have the old guard who's who's the uneducated class um, who's saying "fuck that." You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's really like what's going on in I the mean, world I, right I, in America right now. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not. Well, I think that's a component. Um, I think there's. I I I think there's a component, and I. I also think that po but politics is a long, dark well, and once you step off the edge, you end up falling into it for some considerable length of time. I'm not trying to. But, I'm not trying to argue for either side. I'm just that's just what I'm seeing, and I'm saying. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that like, I feel like the, in this this the way the way this book operated. Like, maybe let's not go down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. But the way this book straddled it was like, was like, 
was precisely that, it straddled that line <laughs> where it was like, let's look at the past. If we're gonna try to redefine the past, let's mm -hmm. look at these archetypes. Like, because look, you have the sword. Okay, what are the four categories of the tarot? Let's get into that. Let's actually talk about the tarot. Yeah. Sword, you have the sword, the cups, cup. wands, and, or clubs. Clubs. And, um, what's the last one? Fucking Swords, shit. cups, wands, clubs. Uh, um, pentacles or coins. Coins, coins, yeah. So, the sword, I mean, like, the, the vessel and the sword. That's like a very, I don't know. It, it's, they're archetypal and they're, they have to do with biology and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. And they have to do with different forces of reproduction, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Am I, am I taking that to you literally? No, no, really? no, I like, don't think so. I mean, and the I, coins I are saying. the currency. You know what I'm saying? And what are what are the clubs? I don't fuck. I never got what the fucking clubs. So are. clubs are either one. So I mean, in the I mean, he one? used them in his own way. Okay. Um, I would say so. Normally, the sort of male female divide, as right. usually articulated, tends to fall between um, tends to fall between um, between wands and um, wands and cups. Oh. Okay, and wands like, and cups. Okay. And so there's a lot of old sort of really retro. And like this is this is some systems. This is some with tail. Everyone's got. Everyone's got a fucking For accent. Sure. Everyone's got a or oh, they want to stick in. So there's a They're lot of all, they, Everyone has their own uh, uh, arrangement and, of the tarot cards. Yeah, everyone <laughs> has their own fucking private little kingdom of mess. Like that's yeah. just where it works. But one system that's quite popular um, is to think, uh, or that's like, especially when you're thinking, when people think about cards, yeah. sort of like divination. Yeah. Um, is that like one? There's like cups tend to be associated with compassion. Okay. And so. Uh, Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, typically, feminine, sure, sure, of course, sure. compassion, yeah. empathy, and strength, right? right. From empathy and right. from compassion. Okay. Yeah. And then wands tend to be about will. Um, about will. Okay. Yeah. About like, okay. and because they're also so associated with magic and yeah. projection, the yeah. projection yeah, yeah, yeah. of psychic as well as physical force. Yep. And then of course there's like the, the act of penetration or completion is right. like the moment where where will where will dips into or is engulfed by yeah. compassion, where the two fuse into one indeed, thing. Indeed, okay. When will and compassion are the interesting part of the whole. Interesting. And yeah. there's this old, there's another line, this is... This fucking is, helicopter. Fucking helicopter everywhere, dude. Goddamn podcast <laughs> sound. Right at this good time. Um, but yeah, so like... The wand of the fucking... Two wands putting around really this, rapidly going nowhere. backyard of compassion where we're creating. Um, okay, and then the sword and the coins. It's just like, I mean, it's so, it's so, I have such a literal Swords. obvious interpretation. Or I don't know, it's just like, yeah, you gotta fucking flex sometimes with your sword, and then you gotta throw down some bands with the coins every now and then. <laughs> uh, no? Well, it's interesting, because, I mean, so within this system, right, you talk about swords and you're often talking about intellect. Okay. Like, intellect. Yeah, interesting. Because like, okay. it's like you make the argument, right, that one of the primary, we've switched my um, that one of the primary, <laughs> um, primary acts of like raw intellect, right, is division and cutting and subdividing. It's reduction. Interesting. Yeah. Is one of the primary yeah. tools. Yeah. And then coins are interesting, right, because coins tend to be sim tend to be associated with materiality, both sure. high and low, of the yeah. earth, associated with the earth yep. and the element of earth. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the gold that you're mining from the earth. But it's also spiritual wealth, okay, right? Okay, because okay, in, in the tarot, as yeah. it, in a lot of tarot decks, coins have a pentacle inscribed within them, right? So there's a like a pentacle. A pentacle. What's so that? Uh, a pentacle is like a five, like the five point oh, star. Okay, okay. Tend to be inscribed in the coins. Exactly. So it's like not only physical wealth; it can also be seen huh. as like mystical wealth. Huh. 
So like you can be because like which is like what's like the material universe, right? You can acquire yeah. a lot of different like right. the material. Like so, there's like the material universe, right? The earthy, heavy gold coin, and there's also like the numinous, like this numinous yeah. um, weight inscribed within it. I've asked you that word before. The numinous spirit, right? Numinous is essentially like the quality of thing, of like the numinous. Hogwarts fine, but basically like the way in which like a certain like a sense of divinity or a sense of of presence, whether okay. like I'm not godliness per se, okay. but like the way in which there's like can be a, a mystical aura. energy or like aura, yeah. or like the the way in which the the physical world has psychic heft. Interesting. Yep. yep like. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, I like that word. Um, okay, yeah. So, so they are ground. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like, appealing to these old archetypes does, and it's not saying it's not saying that these. Are you okay? Scooby stack. <laughs> Just fucking eating, Scooby stack and tobacco. Eating tobacco. A. When you eat the tobacco, I didn't even, it's not I didn't even get anything for my Scooby stack. <laughs> So like okay, so when you're but the, like like you said when you're reading these stories and it's mm. not like I see the fucking sword and the wand and I'm like oh that's me like you know it, it's, oh, yeah. it's all it, nebulous it doesn't and, work that way yeah, at all exactly, within, the, exactly. within the context and of that's so but the same or it's like yeah how you read it too but it, it's it's still it's not completely uh, disregarding these old binaried archetypes no no um, but it's playing with them yeah and I think that maybe is what I'm saying like is the move now where we have to look at the old things. Yeah, here I go on a little didactic or like a little, little, you know, I'm slicing with my sword. Like, I don't mean to be like that, but I, I, I guess that's what, I, what I'm, whatever. <laughs> no disclaimers. Um, we're still looking at the old, like, you know, we're still looking at the old forms mm -hmm. and we're, we, we can play with them, but we're not just saying, fuck you, old forms. Like, we're, we're, we're post everything. Post everything. Like, we, we, we can't be post everything anymore because then we're, it's just too fucking nebulous. I, I say we, but I'm talking about me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a, there's a patricidal rancor to that, which I've been dwelling with. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a way in which, like, you have, you have to, like, I mean, the history of the human race is the history of, like, is a is, uh, history of sci-fi, right, to many degree, and the history of marginalization. Um, like, and you can go and yeah I mean it's, like okay yeah sure but it's also it's also look where we are now mm -hmm. look at the like look at the comforts that we have now like I got like I, like, I have like no health care and I got deathly ill mm -hmm. two weeks ago mm -hmm. and like I was able to like get the meds I needed with like $170 and you were so fucking lucky and um, yeah but yeah. look but I'm fucking that's mm -hmm. that's I want you know that's it like we have a quality of life yeah that we we are fucking primates yeah and we you know have a saying? quality of life that's absurd I um, know but I'm just saying all these things these forms that we as mm. human species have invented for ourselves having come from being like mm. like that's why when when the waiver doesn't choose mm. and he fucking tries to be everything and he goes to see primordial yeah he ends up yeah. with talents and he's hung upside down he goes he does he renounces the human choice the, the, the human uh op, you know faculty for choice and you yeah. know what I mean? so like it's, it's it's also it's not just we've been doing all these things that have marginalized people we've, we've like evolved yeah. you know we what i'm saying we also have reduced, and reduced the scale of human it. suffering massively over what, what it was even a hundred years ago even as we found new and bright ways to suffer right. um right. like yeah I, I don't think you can deny that i guess what i'm saying is right is that these symbols are 
I'm, I guess I wasn't trying to like yeah. just cut off history cleanly. I'm not trying to make right, that right, right, right. I guess what I was interested in and what I think is so cool about this, right, yeah. is um, about this book as well. It's like this way in which like you can acknowledge what these symbols are and yeah. like they're you can I mean to get you know a little largely here you you can, you can you can complicate them and you should yeah and at the same time you can still fucking use them yeah exactly nothing ever fucking dies exactly like, it's all usable and yeah. there's ways in which you can use them like they were spongy and amorphous 500 fucking years ago and they're right. still spongy and amorphous right. and you can slam them down on your fuck, particular fucking table right. in your particular order yeah and you can do something new you and can you act can, yeah, yeah. You can act, yeah. and you don't, and you don't have to just, just, you don't have to disregard them or make them disappear yeah. in order to find a species of freedom. Exactly. You don't need to smash all those uh, statues. Exactly. I mean, the statue, you, you might, you're not going to be using them yeah. for the, sh for the shit that like whoever built them did. Right. But I mean, like fucking, like let's take fucking Shelley's like Ozymandias, right? Like look upon my works, you mighty and tremble. Whoa, like whoa, the statue. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, sorry. Let me. So like Ozymandias, <laughs> shit, dude. Um, <laughs> so. In Ozzy Mandius, it's like this great, great poem, I think, by, by Shelley. By Byron Shelley. Oh, Mary maybe Shelley? it's by, Byron, fucking one of the I don't one know of the Shelley. I know there's multiple Shelley. One of the uh, romantics, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's the sausage Shelley, not the awesome Frankenstein okay. His wife Shelley. Okay, okay, okay. Um, like, oh, they're husband and wife. But yeah, so yeah. sausage Shelley, I think, sausage <laughs> Shelley, wrote this poem called Ozymandias, which is about, like, this guy walking through the desert, and he comes across this enormous statue lying in the sand. Yeah. And it's like, and on, on it is, is like written, like, uh, my name is Ozymandias, and it's famous line, look upon my works, ye mighty, and tremble. Okay. And of course, there's this beautiful flipped irony, right? Okay. Because everything that, it's in the fucking desert. Yeah. The whole civilization is Okay. And. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, the only thing that's left. And that's all that's left. And yet, that, and this is, I think, this actually matters in the context of the conversation, that statue still fucking matters, right? Okay. Even though we're not using it for its original purpose. Like, it was originally a threat, right, to others, right, to right, other rulers. Right, right. Look at my strength, and it still is a threat to rulers. Okay. But it's a completely different threat about being forgotten. Interesting. Because? Look upon my walk, she mighty, and tremble or despair, or whatever. Okay. And so there's this way, like, now, now, in his day, right? Like, yeah. But now, so it's like, look upon you, uh, look upon these walks. Yeah. Like all my walks cast away by the stands of time. Yeah. And tremble. Okay. And so there's this way in which, like, the same object, I think. Yeah. Like when looked at from different contexts, different times, it's ancient. It has it's the original context doesn't have applicability, but you can wrench it into the present. Huh. And then suddenly, it's still just it's still meaningful within your moment, and it can be used as part of like living and part of being alive. But what if no one's there to see it? Well, if you don't use the fucking thing, then it's completely fucking useless. Okay, I for mean, sure. Yeah. Whoever goes into the desert. Well, you do have to go into the desert, or you, you can pick up a, like some statuary like uh, a few hundred uh, years uh, old in your backyard. If you got, if you got access, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I grasp that like ninety-five percent of that. Mm. But that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, how are you doing? You. I feel. I feel great. How are you doing? Yeah. How long have we gone? Forty-five minutes. Cool. I mean, yeah. If you, I mean, I'm I'm down to keep talking if you want. Cool. Yeah. yeah. We should. We feeling? should. We should. Do... Uh, you know what? How about we take a break? I make a quick cup of iced coffee. Let's do it. Let's do it. Then let's finish up. Cool. cool. Okay, we're back. Just so it sounds, just not completely abrupt. The transition. Um, Twenty minutes later, mm -hmm. and we have more coffee. And we have more uh, cigarettes. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Is that? Nah. Um, and Paul, you I want think it's fine to say that whoever's listening to this is hearing the sound of lighters go off. Like that's true. Fast. I think I think our cover mm -hmm. is fucking blown. Um, so you want to talk about the difference between the first and the second half 
um, in the context of because the first half is the castle mm -hmm. and the second half is the tavern. And in the in the in the notes in the afterward, he, he had an idea of a motel, that. which sounds so mm -hmm. lit to make it more contemporary. But he doesn't because he's been he's been obsessed with this little tarot card chart neurotically in his room for 30 years and he's over it. Yeah, <laughs> which is fair, but I, I kind of wish that. he wasn't dead so I could hold a gun to his head and make him make it do a third section. Okay, but tell me what you were thinking about the d distinction between the first half. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I, I think one thing that's sort of interesting to me is like both of them are like use these sort of mythical... So the, first of all, I mean, let's, let, let's go over the basics and the actual fundamental differences yep. between the two. First of all, one takes place in this like pretty ornate castle right yeah. and like the, in the center of this like dark wood yeah so there's this way in which it's very much like it's sort of like an upper class like feudal feudal like late medieval type setting okay it's sort of also like a mythical medieval future type, type setting yep in the sense that like i mean motherfuckers didn't like <laughs> wander into a into a castle and then get received regardless right. of what they look like right so it's like we're really we are sort of in fairy tale here land right land here right to some right and the way it's and described it reflects that. Exacto mundo. Yeah. And like, and also we're using we're using this really beautiful ancient tarot deck. Oh, um, yeah. Which the, is the, the tarot pictures changed. Exacto yeah. mundo. And what's interesting is that's a 14th to 15th century tarot deck they're using there. That's why they don't have some. So some of the, I think like three of the cards are represented with names. Okay. Rather than actual, rather than act, like the actual image of the cards. Interesting. Because those haven't survived. That's so that, right. That Some deck, of them didn't survive. And these cards are beautiful. They're, they're like brushed with gold leaf. They're like the right. they're property of right an right aristocrat. Diavolo, yeah. La Torre, page 26, Tower. 27, yeah. and, and page 23. Yeah, yeah, some of them, they don't even have the image. They just say... Yeah, because they're lost They're fucking us, right? lost. Wow. Which is a beautiful talk about, metaphor. In talk about itself. going into the old, the old things. Yeah, so yeah there just, you go. A couple of them. Yeah. Yeah, and so... And then the second half, they, 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 we have the Marseillais deck, which is, like, very much, like, your pedestrian, uh, bougie, like, sort of lower bougie deck. Okay. Um, and it's, like, much less finely drawn. It's, like, fucking woodcuts. And, like, very familiar to people. Like, this, this, like... You know, I mean, it's, like, it's not... It's easier to interpret? Oh, I mean, like... Yeah. Right? So, yes, I mean, both of these decks are originally playing, like, before the... Like, the, the whole mystical, like, divinatory thing is really more, it's like a gloss. Okay. They used to be fucking playing cards. Oh, okay. Straight up. So, You're talking like, about the older ones. Yeah. Also these. Also these. Also okay. these. These were, the, these, like, Marseille ones, I think, date back to the, I want to say the 19th century. Okay. Could be talking about my, okay. out my ass. Don't okay. know. Um, yeah. But they were also designed as playing cards. Okay. Um, so, okay. so, so, and the divinatory stuff ends up later on. You're talking, like, mid like mid 19th so I think these are 18th century and this would have been mid 19th okay. early 19th century okay. and then it would they would have it would have started but like now tarot cards at least in the US yeah. are very much like divination and magic and blah, 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 like blah. The, those was that the deck that you showed me that one day when we did my own tarot oh yeah exactly although you, this, if you notice the like these decks have a lot of similarities basically the same cards yeah I um, meant that but that my decks like uh, the right away from like 1918 it's a wonderful story, uh, like how it was made, like a wonderful story of like a patriarchal publisher and a really talented female illustrator who got screwed. So, you know, like <laughs> so much other shit. Um, <laughs> there you go, there's uh -huh. history right there. Um, but anyway, yeah, shoot. fucking digression aside, the second part takes place in a tavern. Yeah. In like this sort yeah. of, this very much sort of rustic, middle class sort of like, I would say ballpark, 18th, 17th century, okay. somewhere in there. Okay. Um, so we're like looking at, 
I almost think of it as a little bit like one of those old Dutch masters paintings of all like the sort of sloppy looking dudes and women like drinking. Okay. All that kind of Yeah, that, yeah, that they're just vibe. lit. They got yeah. some it's corsets. And they're dirty some corsets, and they're not dirty ass corsets. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not, like, they don't have the same <laughs> symbolic sort of like Re regal. Okay. Except, yeah. Like high class. Regal is better than plop. Yeah, they both work, you know? Cool. Um, just different. Yeah, okay. Mm. Did the did the storytelling reflect that difference? Uh, do you think? Or I know that's a good fucking question. Because for, I'll, I'll say as soon as you said you want to talk about the distinction in the first and the second half, mm -hmm. and this might have more to do with how the first time we read something new, we're mm -hmm. sort of just swimming in the in the dark. Uh, mm -hmm. Because the first half I read, sort of fucking okay, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Like I, you look at my you look at my marginalia, mm -hmm. like all you know, it's like mm -hmm. I don't write. I just do lines, thin, uh, light. Uh, mm. pencil drawn lines for parts that I force myself mm. to reread as, as in order to catch up when I when I yeah. go away from it. Mm. I reread just the mar pe pencil uh, drawn lines. Damn, I sound like I'm fucking manic right now. Uh, maybe I am. But um, oh, the up. second half, as soon as the second half started, things started clicking way more. Mm. And so, like I said, it could have been just the beginning when you're reading something new and you kind of just have to trudge on through. Mm. Such that, um, but the, such that I wanted to reread the first half before we mm. talked, spoke. But then I was just like, that's the that's the myth of full interpretation. Like, mm -hmm. you think that, oh, I'm gonna read it again, I'm like, I'm gonna fully grasp it. But every time you read something, what you take is different mm -hmm. yeah. on contingent factors. So I was like, Cannot look, ever I just, exactly, yourself. until, yeah. per, until you know, completion. Yeah, so, we're fucking not finding any kind of completion. Exactly, yeah. so, so I, I just allowed myself to, um, yeah. yeah, so that's what's up. Um, so if I could just see, yeah, shoot, so. That's, that's the last thing I want to talk about before oh, we end this, this, yeah. this section. I also try to tell my tale when he, oh, Calvino yes. talks about how he, this is all a thing that he is doing. Like, mm. it's a reflection, arranging tarot cards is the act of trying to write a novel. Yeah. Oh, God, good luck to all of us. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the stories are still big, right? Right. Um, they, are, they are still solid, but, like, you're talking I think, about, yeah. I mean, in the second half, I think, it's not, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. not, we're not doing the usual, like, like, moving from, like, high, like, high, um, I'm pleased about this, like, they're not doing, he's not, he doesn't fall into the trap of, like, high drama and, like, right. intensity and, like, this, um, sort of medieval fairy context and then, like, make everything sort of grody and gross when it's, like, less, uh, less, like, um, a less sort of rarefied or privileged setting. Right. Everything's still big, and the yeah. characters are still big. Yeah. But, um... The second half, he seems to go more into reimagining classic stories. Yeah, For example, King Lear, Parsifal, ha Hamlet, Oedipus. Parsifal, Oedipus. Mm. Here we have them right here. Oedipus, Hamlet, mm. uh, King Lear, Faust, Lady Macbeth. Yeah. Um, the story of the writer. Yeah. Parsifal, have you read Parsifal? Well, we both, um, the original? Yeah. No, I haven't. from von Aschenbach? No. That might be something that I have to read, but we'll talk about that later. Um, cool. Um, yeah, I guess, it's, I guess it's just interesting to me. I think maybe my takeaway is like the fact that this thing still, like, different colors, different setting, and the same, and like a sort of like a, a more like. The characters themselves are a little reduced and aren't described in quite the same glowing terms. Yeah. Like when, like before they start their stories and after. You're talking but about in the second half. Second versus, half. Versus but the first half. everything is just as big, and but it's more. I think in some ways a little more interior. I might say, like a little less schematized and like yeah. a little more interior. Little more I think that's probably why it spoke to me more. Yeah, and it's slower too. I mean, it doesn't have the same like. I think maybe maybe what one argument you make is that the archetypes have been wrenched more out of place. Um, so there's like a greater difference between character and archetype. Because um, in like the first, 
in the first part, there's a greater difference between character and archetype. It yeah, more I mean, focuses on the character. Yeah. Well, it, well, I mean, in the sense that like the characters in the first half do have this fairy tale quality. They're big, and they're somewhat like, mm. like they're sort of, and they're not as individual. So they're they're sort of it's sort of more difficult to, for for the reader to map their experience onto it. Well, in that's some ways, that's how I felt. Yeah, yeah. In some ways, I mean, it also makes it easier to sort of gloss, right? Yeah. It's sort of like the way that fairy tales are sort of like a direct, like could sometimes have like a main line to a. Sorry. Oh no! Oh no! Sorry. Okay, never mind. I'll pick it up um, later. I'll pick it up later. <laughs> yeah. Um. So in where they so sort of like fairy tales can sort of or like Kafka stories can have sort of a main line into our subconscious because like the um the characters involved are sort of like Rorschach blots. They're just sort of a, a collection or assemblage of random forms that okay. sort of projection Exactly. Onto. Whereas in the second half, they people have specificity. See, in exactly, particularity. Yeah. But that's interesting because as we're talking about uh, the how it, in some ways it's easier to map your own experience onto mm -hmm. a more, a less specific mm -hmm. symbolic type terminology mm -hmm. or type of uh, representation in the story, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, even like if you think of like pop music, like mm -hmm. oh, it's just like these nebulous feelings. That's why it's so widely popular. It's not specific, yeah. right? Um, I felt that when I was reading mm -hmm. Calvino. Like that's right. Like you can still look at some big old archetypal symbolic mm -hmm. um, things and, and 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 find as a reader, you can you know mm -hmm. uh, uh, be able to think uh, narrate mm -hmm. your own life through it, right? Mm -hmm. Or or parse through your own life through, through it. that. But the but way I'm interested. Is the complete opposite, and the way what's gotten me excited in contemporary literature is the opposite of that. And I know we're not going to devolve into a, I don't want to devolve into a NASCAR discussion uh, argument. <laughs> like that will come come later. But okay. But there's a weird thing that's happening now where it's almost like because everyone can tell their stories, like mm -hmm. the hyper specific mm -hmm. experience, the communication of hyper specific experience, mm -hmm. almost uh, as a reader, you're you're getting a window into someone's life mm. detached from the old symbols and then it's not like you're mapping your 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 life onto the archetypes you're seeing into somebody else's like mm. psyche um this this relates to like music too maybe mm. and some kind of type of songwriting that's very stripped down and yeah. isn't trying to trying to you know say these phrases that one associates with music but instead just tries to almost almost like ungracefully mumble out describe the particular but something that, but like in so doing find a particular truth right like, that is that's like sort of i mean in some way it's like trying to break break open that keyhole right like right exactly yeah. exactly it, but isn't that interesting it operates in the opposite way yeah because you have to strip so much away in order to make that happen exactly and what i'm reminded of is there was this um new yorker story a few days ago i huh. i read the new yorker now wait, um wait. because i'm fucking unemployed um <laughs> And um, I, I have too much time on my hand. And um, <laughs> that being said, um, there's this really cool story in New York about this guy um, who was like, ah, oh, fuck, it was in the New York Review books. Anyway, the point fucking being, um, there was this guy who was working as a journalist in Russia in the early 1990s. Yeah. And language, and so he was working as a reporter in this like newly f this country where language had been just serially fucked. Okay. For the last 40 years. Okay. All like that you couldn't use language, like you couldn't use because they'd appropriate like the Soviet state had appropriated language from okay. everywhere to justify their own reign. Okay. You couldn't use terms Whoa. like of you couldn't use terms of like terms like freedom. You Whoa. couldn't use terms like civil liberties. Whoa. None of that shit worked because it would all it had all the well had been completely poisoned for abstract terminology. There was there was no abstract terminology. So what they found, 
and he talked about what they he like the pleasure in the fact that some things were still named clearly. He talks like about a secateur, which is like a kind of like lawn lawn implement. Okay. And you couldn't know that that was what it, like that was what okay. it was because that hadn't been corrupted. Ah. It was still specific. And so what they would do right, with their language yeah. is they would be use the blandest, simplest language. The only, or they would just pick the words that they had left. Yeah. That still worked. So just describe huh. things exactly as they happened, okay. with absolutely no gloss, because the gloss had been poisoned. Interesting. So they had to just describe the events in yeah. this highly specific, concrete language. Mater material objects. Exactly. Basic verbs. Exactly, and like so, this way in which like so that it, it you couldn't. It was like all our archetypes have been ruined. All their archetypes have been ruined, and so huh. that, which is almost like not not think of it as like. Now Scott's project as well, yeah, right? Yeah. Being like, fuck it, the well is poison, you're never gonna find meaning this way. Interesting. And being respectful of Now Scott's project sure. in the context of this Um yeah. But yeah, so like this way in which he just goes, fuck it, it's all poison. I'm just gonna try and find a way to right. like everything is everything I use has to be a secretary. It has to be something yeah. like something that knowable and physically you can yeah. grasp. Yeah, tangible. Thirty second uh, confusion uh, I also Eraser. Second try, so I it's all good. Cool. Um, but just, yeah, I mean, whatever. Should I, yeah, Nausgaard, Norwegian, memoirist, slash novelist, who describes his life, his real life, in highly specific, almost exposing terms of the people he's talking about, and describes... Almost. Yeah, it describes just the basic events of his day in uh, almost absurdly absurdly specific, detailed way um, in his six-volume memoir, My Struggle. Half the people, I don't know. I just try to do that every now and then when we go on some oh, shit totally and, and like, you're listening to it and yeah. people are like, what the fuck is now, Scar? Yeah, what are you talking about? I'm turning this off now, if anyone's ever made yeah. it this far. Well, he's this <laughs> huge fucking, I've, I, Sean loves him. I've I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily don't love him. him. I don't necessarily love him. He has more I'm credence saying, in his product yeah, than I do. I'm, I, yes. Yeah. Lit, okay. Cool, right. Um, Back to this. Well, you wanted to talk. I just wanted to talk a little. Like, there was basically two sections that had me like buzzing uh, intellectually, slicing things up with my uh, mm -hmm. uh, mind sword uh, <laughs> in, yeah. in, in the night when I was reading this. And the, the first one was the waiver because mm -hmm. I was reckoning with my inability to, to decide anything mm -hmm. in my life. And the second one was the penultimate section. I want to say, or one, yeah, the penultimate section of the book mm -hmm. where. It flips again, and he goes. It, the title is "I Also Tried to Tell My Tale," mm -hmm. and it's Calvino speaking mm -hmm. in the same way that he's telling stories about writing the book. I almost think this is the most meta moment. It's almost the most satisfying thing in a book where yeah. you, you pan out and you don't try to go. This is a story in a vacuum that that I'm the genius who created, and you will find your truth through it. He goes, "I'm writing this thing," and here I'll tell you about that too. I fucking love that. But um, um, a couple things that he talked about. In, in, in this last section was like, um, 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 well, okay, uh, this might, yeah, like one thing he talked about was like in terms of like, he he he, he goes, uh, um, I think in this section he sort of, his main point is like, sort of like the savagery, um, kind of like this union idea of like, um, like a lot of a lot of old archetypal stories operate in 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 a in a good versus evil type situation, mm -hmm. and most of the crude interpretations of them are you must you know the reason why Christianity and religions are looked at as so sort of, uh, by some people as sort of 
primitive and, and basic and didactic is because a lot of people interpret it as like you must renounce all the evil and be good mm. and mm. everyone else must be good and if you're not good you're a sinner you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying yeah. but he talks about like, sort of getting an idea of like every time there's the monster the dragon he talks about the difference between the lion and the dragon mm -hmm. you know and Can you, you pull out that section absolutely absolutely um so he goes like um um okay so he goes he talks about the difference between saint george mm -hmm. and uh and uh saint george and uh um uh saint jerome okay mm -hmm. so so <clears throat> so you look at the painting he goes the hero being a saint um um, the hero being a saint, there will not be a wedding, but a bath. Okay, fucking, that's not the right. Saint George leads the dragon on a leash into the square to execute him in public ceremony. Mm -hmm. But in all this festivity of the city freed from a nightmare, there is no one who smiles. Every face is grave. Trumpets sound and drums roll. We have come to witness capital punishment. Saint George's sword is suspended in the air. We are all holding our breath on the point of understanding. On the point of understanding that the dragon is not only the enemy, the outsider, the other, but is us is a part of ourselves that we must judge. Along the walls of San Giorgio degli uh, de, de Schiavoni in Venice, the stories of St. George and St. Jerome follow one another as if they were the same story. And perhaps they really are one story, the life of the same man. So like, it, it kind of, and then, and then it's kind of this idea of like the Jungian idea that like you have to recognize the monster in yourself yeah. before you can even know the difference between good and evil. Like, mm -hmm. the impulse is to go around with your idea of yourself as a good person, yeah. and you're pointing out all the bad people. Yeah. And But, like, unless, until you recognize the evil in yourself, mm -hmm. you don't even have a frame of reference. You're not choosing. You know what I'm saying? So then he even talks about his own process of writing as, like, um, his own process of, sorry, I, I know I'm going to leave no, 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 go around, for it, dude. Go but for his it. own process of, um, of, of writing, it's right here, as, uh, is not the raw material of writing all arising to the surface of hairy claws, cur-like scratching, goats goring, repressed violences that grope in the darkness. <laughs> like, like the devil should be the card that in my the devil should be the card that in my profession is most often encountered. Like, he's sort of you know what I'm saying like the fucking savagery of just <laughs> like, and he's saying this after he's written this beautiful thing. Like, this isn't the truth. Like, this is like I don't know. Somehow, oh, you think I mean, that's interesting? I mean, okay, okay, keep going, keep going. Keep yeah, going. I mean, I think, I think, um, and then, and then he relates it to, it, he relates it to the difference between um, the relationship between um, the dragon enemy or the lion friend, mm. and he relates it to the difference between the city and the solid and solitude. The dragon menaces the city. The lion, the dragon is the the evil in the city, the savagery of the city. The lion is the the courage you have with you when you go into solitude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's a guilty way of inhabiting this. I'm quoting from 110. There's a guilty way of inhabiting the city, accepting the conditions of the fierce beast, giving him our children to eat. There's also a guilty way of inhabiting solitude, believing we are serene because the fierce beast has made harmless by a thorn its paw. The hero of the story is he who in the city aims to point aims the point of his lance at the dragon's throat and in solitude keeps the lion with him in all its strength, accepting its guard and domestic genie, but without hiding himself from, from without hiding from himself its animal nature. Like, mm -hmm. just in the, that distinction, and my my whole indecision and and whatever running is like, you know, you, this one hand, this impulse to go into solitude, the strength and the courage you think you carry with mm -hmm. yourself yeah. of. 
going into that pure space of being alone and having the courage to be off. You know what I'm saying? Like, you fucking know. Yeah. And then being in the city and the, dra- the dragon, the challenge of all the fucking noise and the, your, your, your innocences are being offered up to, to this, this space and full of contingencies. the integrity of yourself becomes a lot, becomes much, is like, like, like with, with further stimulus and with like meeting, meeting other eyes in any way, like the integrity of yourself is more question. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's a really, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think. <sighs> that was such a long rant. I'm, I apologize. No, 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 no. I'm going to cringe no, when I really say that. <laughs> no, don't but fuck you, don't apologize. It was, it was um, all, yeah, I don't know. Some, I don't even know what he was saying, like, but somehow it seemed like. It feels very true, even if I can't fucking, um, even as I'm struggling to articulate my exact feelings on it. Yeah. Um, it, it almost seems like it's like an apology, or it's like a, because he talks about, you know, I've been sitting in my room, like, in my office, just like, just being neurotically obsessed with these cards for 30 years. And the reason why I published this book is because I need to give it up. I need to let go of it. Um, and also, interesting between the city, the city solitude binary is this was published a year after Invisible Cities. This is 1973. Ah, interesting. And 1972 was Invisible Cities. But he said he'd been working on this for like 30 years and went away from it for a long time. Another. So it's almost like there's a tie between that, you know? Because yeah. it's like, the cities are where you um, are faced with different dragons and faced with different contingencies. And I think he's being a little bit, or at least when I read it, I recognize my self-critical element of yeah. always running into solitude and thinking that that I have the courage of the line with me. But you have to accept, you have to also, you can't hide from yourself the animal nature of that impulse. Yeah. There's a savagery to that and a, a baseness to that, you know? Yeah. Thinking, you have to acknowledge that there's a monster in you when you think it's not, you're not on a, on a rarefied, solitary, yeah, you're not, you're not like slowly becoming the Buddha up exactly. under a fucking tree. Exactly. Um, you, That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Good. Good luck. You're still gonna. You, you come out of your long solitude. You're still gonna be Shauna Paul yeah. with all the with all the complications that entails. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, this is actually. This is, I mean, I got, I got that off my this, chest. This well. touches. I mean, it's really. I'm. I'm really fascinated by it because it touches a lot of really personal elements for how I, how I read this book. I think I said at the beginning yeah. um, that I like first read this book when I was like 18. Right. Um, and like at that time in my life, I just like I just graduated high school, yeah. um, and like when I got this, like I I I just like my best friend, of uh, many years had like had like really had like a lot of problem, problems with drugs and like we so and like um, had gotten sober, but like we but like immediately after we felt we fallen out of touch, I sort of like lost a lot of like the important supports in my life. Um, yeah, I was like. Feeling really, I was like 18, feeling really undirected, yeah. um, feeling really confused about like where I was going, yeah. um, and like, and like we, we, without really a strong sense of like whether this whole year off had any purpose whatsoever. Yeah. And um, seven years ago, eight years ago, seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, about eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, eight years ago. Yeah. And um, it was like, so I just read this. I read this fucking thing in like. Uh, in in like a fucking afternoon. Yeah. Um, you found it at a yeah, random like chain store. Like this was back when you could smoke outside in Cambridge, and like I had like it was like downing coffee to chain smoking in this little this little uh, just place called Campfire Pamplona, which I loved, Lit, and right. it was fucking awesome. And feeling like the whole universe was opening up to me, and it was wow. so exciting. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna write a fucking story. I'm gonna. Yeah. I, I was like, I set off on this fucking exotic quest to like fucking write this. I was like, I'm gonna write a book. I'm gonna write a book like this. Yeah. And I, I wrote like 50, 40 or fifty pages of yeah. this fucking, um, this fu- this fucking thing about all these people actually meeting in a fucking hotel, a motel, 
No and fucking way. It was like called. Uh, it was called like the Motel Pontifex. No um, fucking. You wrote the third book that he never wrote. He, well, we, well we, there were no cards. It was just a bunch of people gathered to tell a telling stories. Interesting. And like, Pontifex is bridge builder in um, Latin, and it's gotcha. like this idea of like bridging across. Bridge builder, yeah, yeah, that's lit. And but here's a fucking here's a fucking thing. And I was writing it, and like you know that last section is really emotionally difficult for me because I struggle a lot with both sol- with like this binary yeah. solid. Sol- Solitude and um, being or being in the city, and being solitude. Like yeah. I, whenever I'm doing one, I always feel like I should be doing the fucking other one. Touché. I feel like I'm fucking up. Yeah. And so like it's really there's like rare moments where suddenly I break through and I'm there. Which, yeah. Whichever one I'm doing is hard. Yeah. And fucking, I remember thinking as I was writing this thing, it was a really big insecurity. And like I should have probably just, in retrospect, I didn't know shit. I was in no way equipped to write the uh, book of the ambition I was like trying Indeed. to do. Yeah. I didn't know enough about. I, I didn't. But fuck it. I I never. Knew. Yeah. None of us. We never do. Um, I, sh- I should have kept going. You got to keep going. Yeah. I felt I was I was conscious of and like I didn't put it in these terms at the time, but I was so fucking conscious of like being in this point of isolation. Yeah. I mean, like, how can I fucking do this? Yeah. I'm like fu- I'm like fucking completely. I'm isolated. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like you're I, just, I'm like you were just in your room with your claws, just yeah. I'm just scrabbling. And I like felt that, I, and like I hadn't, and I couldn't make peace with that monster. Yeah. And so I stopped fighting. Yeah. And like, but, but which is maybe funny. that's the more courageous move to go back I mean, into the city and fucking face those dragons. Bob, I didn't go into the city. Um, no, I was just extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, but um, I mean, eventually I did. Yeah. Um, it took some time, but yeah. like. Um, yeah, so I think there's like, I think there's something profound. Why, why did you, because you gave me this book this past birthday, mm-hmm. so February, so what was that? Three months, uh, February, March, April, May, three months ago, almost on the day. Oh, wow, yeah. Wow, let's, let's, That's let's, cool. let's keep things nice cyclical. Little, let's go back to the... Nice bit of synchronicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, and you were pretty, I mean, I told you I'd read Invisible Cities, and I just read it, and it kind of rocked me. It was, what was, what was your impetus to... To give it to you? Um, fuck, dude. I mean, I thought you'd like it. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's kind of a little bit of a self-absorbed question. No, no, no. I mean, I think... Why am I the special recipient? There was something about... I mean, I think there was something about the storytelling. It was actually, you know, it's funny in some ways, right? I think, at least in part, I thought some of the... The certain... Like, the way in which the stories... Uh, from a point of absolute ambiguity, but are still told... Would really appeal to you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, like, the way in which, like, there's out of like nullity and confusion yeah. like a structure just emerges because yeah. it has to which yeah. is something I've, no- I've noticed a lot like because I know you, you, you characterize yourself as a waiver but something I've noticed about you is like oftentimes like when you're, when you're thinking through, through a pop especially yeah. verbally you're almost it's almost like it's almost like a kind of like intellectual I Ching where you like take a bunch of like these like sticks yeah. right yeah. and you're just throwing down quite like I Ching but you're like throwing down as many as you can and then eventually, with sort of like this, eventually like the order happens yeah. as a result of the as a result of like the ambiguity and certainty. You find your way to like a point of order, a way of way of like articulating something that's original or powerful. And like it's sort of like a a very like chaotic creation. I thought like I don't know. I mean that seems Making, to be yeah yeah. It's fuck yeah, some way fuck yeah. yeah. I also yeah fuck yeah dude. I think also just like the the precision and short sections of oh, Calvino yeah. was what helped me when I whenever I'm like trying to you know pare down my ramblings. It's always helpful yeah. to 
read somebody who's just so concise and so uh, precise with his language. Fuck yeah, dude. I think we're at like an hour 15. I was like, Perfect. I think we killed it. What do you think? I think we feel good. good. I Fuck feel great. Yeah. All right, we're well, fucking signing off. Um, oh yeah, any last words? No, I think I'm good. Cheers. All right, hope everyone right. enjoys.